Hey friends, welcome back to another episode of Organic with OG Adriana, a podcast that explores the intersection of authenticity, mindful consumption, and radical mother effing healing. I am your host, Adriana, aka OG Adriana, if you're nasty. And yeah, I am very excited to three weeks later be back on this podcast, Mike, to talk to you humans. Um, yeah, let's get right into the episode, y'all. Um, I'm not planning on being on being on this mic for too too long um as this is the second to last episode of season one of this crazy beautiful exciting budding podcast of mine um so yeah I'm gonna try to breeze through it and not talk for too long not ramble and go off into too many tangents um and get her done <laughs> so yeah just to recap my life in the last couple weeks honestly like it's been pretty chill I have done my basic routines that I normally do. Um, I have gone to see live music, open mic things in the Austin area. Um, I have been doing, you know, some networking in the city. I have been spending hella alone time, by the way. Um, this past week is actually the first time I've been babyless for an extensive period of time since the summer. Um, yeah, my son spent a couple of like three-day weekends here and there um, during the school year with his dad. However, as far as, um, yeah, as far as being away from my child, like more than a couple of days, this is definitely the first time. So I will say, although I've missed the child, I've been very glad to talk to him and get cool ass pictures and videos of him in the country spending um, the fall holiday with his family. Um, I've also been very, very glad to sleep in, not have to get up and make sure somebody else gets their life together and day started. Um, I've been able to spend, yeah, just a lot of alone time, a lot of quiet time. I've gotten so much rest. I've taken so many naps, like literally last week, all of my, or this past week, all of my off days have just been filled with me either cooking a whole lot for um the national day of mourning formerly known as thanksgiving holiday um currently known as the day where we like to cook a lot of soul food and hang out with our black ass families um but i also got a lot of rest and just to be able to get rest uninterrupted rest is game changing. And I know for a fact that this little reset, this little mom break of mine, I know that I needed it. And I know that I needed, needed it because my body genuinely feels so just refreshed and restored and ready for the world. But we're going to talk about like the cooking and things later. Um, yeah, just to kind of recap the world that happened, y'all. Or the world that happened, current events rather that have been going on in the world. 
Um, y'all, rest in peace, Young Dolph. Um, I was very, very surprised to open up my um my social media on the day that he passed away and saw that young Dolph passed away um now I am not a huge young Dolph fan there are songs that he's featured on that I really like um specifically those with Nip but yeah I'm not just like a huge young Dolph fan so I wasn't on this bandwagon of people who really rode for him and all this stuff but it is really just sad and unfortunate to see a black man killed by gun violence in his own hood who allegedly was doing so much to build up and give back to his hood. Like, dog, that's just fucking heartbreaking. Like, definitely praying and sending love and healing energy and all that all that stuff to Young Dolph's family and all people involved. Um, And speaking of rest in peace and condolences, all condolences to Virgil Abloh's family, um, the founder of um, Off-White, who allegedly passed away today and today is Sunday November 28th when I'm sitting down finally to record this episode and yeah I've been pretty absent from social media today but one of the times that I just happened to open my phone and open up Instagram I see Complex has posted rest in peace to this man's and y'all I'ma just keep it to Virgil's that's some sad ass shit rest in peace with him allegedly he was battling um a rare form of cancer I don't know if I'm saying rare I don't know if that's a lie but he was battling some form of cancer that I don't know the name of at the very moment for a few years allegedly um and he had finally succumbed to that illness and has transitioned into the spirit realm as of today so yeah big condolence to his family all the people who knew him all the people in the industry who um who he really helped liaison into fashion and design and things like that so y'all it is always super sad to see black people young black people leave from this earth but I always like to think that we leave when our time when it's time for us to leave, we leave when our assignments are done. Um, if they are not done, that's when things like limbo and other ting happen. But yeah, it's always sad and unfortunate. So rest in peace to the guys. Pour out some liquor um, for the niggas, you know, that have passed and have gone to the crossroads. Um, but yeah, moving right along. Um so LeBron James had an awkward like fight with another player on the team. I don't know the team they was playing. I don't even know this little kid, but I just remember logging into Twitter one day and seeing that LeBron James was trending. And of course, LeBron James, when he's trending, I like to check because I've kind of been following that man's career since the very beginning. Uh, my papa was very excited to see that this kid from Akron was coming up. But anyways, that's a different story. So anyways, I see LeBron trending and I see that this nigga has a whole fight like and so I've watched the videos right of this fight and it's very interesting right because in one breath like I do understand like I think he got like a technical foul for like elbow on the kid but I don't feel like the elbow or whatever contact that he made with the kid I don't feel like it was intentional um the kid got really upset it was very interesting and entertaining to see this nigga literally jump over other players to try and get to LeBron and then literally stop 
<laughs> right when he got to the group of people before LeBron. Like, it was just interesting, an interesting spectacle to watch. My theory is that LeBron James finally got to check off something in his career bucket list, and he is one step toward retirement or one more step toward retirement um, within the next couple years. Because I feel like he's just checking off things off the list, and this is just one of them. Um, what else did I want to talk about in current events? Oh, Katie's ankle eczema. Oh, that was very sad and triggering to see everyone make fun of him because I'm a person who has dealt with, um, atopic dermatitis, um, aka contact dermatitis, um, aka eczema (laughs) for, a lot of my life. Um, and I've always had just super sensitive skin. Um, my skin tells me exactly what's going on inside of my body at the drop of the dime. So y'all, everybody was making fun of Katie's little ashy ankles that look like eczema, but honey was, those are hilarious. The memes are hilarious. My favorite meme in that whole situation was 5,000 million percent like whoever like superimposed the crying Michael Jordan meme onto Katie's ankles dog that shit took me out so a shout out to the internet shout out to black twitter for once again just keeping me entertained keeping me in the know you feel me with the culture and all those things um the last thing in this little current events section I wanted to say is um, I just wanted to recognize the fact that November has officially been recognized as um, Indigenous Heritage Month um, and specifically um, the day formerly known as or the day after what is formerly formally known as Thanksgiving holiday, which is now known as um the national day of mourning um so yeah the day after that day right (laughs) um has now been declared officially indigenous heritage day um so yeah it is always an honor just to be um a black afro indigenous person of this land um just to be in solidarity with my native indigenous brothers and sisters because We've talked about this on this podcast. Native history, Black history in this country are completely intertwined in all the ways in which they can be intertwined. Um, And yeah, I just want to say shout out to that. Um, Shout out to all the niggas that made food and did all the things in celebration of gratitude, not in celebration of those colonizers. Shout out to all the people who are able to um, not only convene with their family, but educate themselves and educate others on the lasting traumas of colonization on this land, Turtle Island, Um, the lasting effects of the Native and Indigenous cultures and communities. Um, whether it be inflated gas prices, whether it be inflated grocery prices um, on these sacred lands that, you know, colonizers have deemed quote unquote reservations. Um, Just y'all awareness and solidarity with my native family. And yeah, we, we all know that this is like holiday season and, we, I, I feel like it's a pretty known fact that most holidays that are 
um, internationally celebrated or even nationally celebrated are very whitewashed. They have the true meanings have been very colonized and have been very manipulated to fit, you know, um, white what am I looking for? White storylines and white supremacy itself. Um, so I just feel like the holiday time is a very, very important time to research, to educate yourself, to, to learn the histories as they truly are. Learn all the nuances of the histories, know all the lasting effects of the histories and ancestors, period. Goddamn. (laughs) So, Just to briefly recap last week's episode, which was entitled This Some Satit, and it wasn't even last week, honey. It was three weeks ago. Y'all already know the schedule of this podcast, very sporadic, but y'all, next season, we gonna get us together, but while we focusing on this season, right? The last episode was titled This Some Sativa, featuring my little infant brother, who is almost 23 years old, um, Jordan, aka Uncle Jay, um... And yeah, I love this episode so much because my my brother just has such unique and nece- has such a unique perspective on life and has such necessary necessary wisdom, you know, I feel to share in the world. Um and also he's a Gen Z. He's like an older, I guess Gen Z, so just being right superimposed in the middle of generations is very interesting. Um and I felt like he had a bunch of interesting things to say. Last week's episode or that last episode we did play a modified game of Black Card Revoked, which is a black owned like card family group type game and basically whenever he got one of the black heart revoked questions wrong i had him choose one of my deep ish questions so we talked about everything from differences between gen xyz we talked about like bait like what like important lessons in life. We talked about polyamory. We talked about a whole bunch of things. So if you have not listened to that previous episode, again, entitled This Some Sativa featuring my little brother, Uncle Jay, um, go back and listen to that episode. But that being said, let's continue along with this one and get into the things that I have been ingesting because I've been ingesting some things, y'all. <laughs> let's get right into it. All right. So at this point, it goes without saying, but I like to say anyway, when I say the things that I am currently ingesting, I am meaning all the many ways or all the things um, put into my aura and all the many ways in which things can be ingested into your aura, whether that means um, or whether that be physically eating, whether that be listening or watching, observing, um, energetically absorbing you feel me um so yeah all the things that i've been ingesting um i like to use this segment of my podcast as like an accountability tracker um so you know i can look back and track on what i was and what i wasn't doing my mood um while i was including certain behaviors and certain things into my routines um and yeah and all those things okay so i'm trying to turn my mic up because that bitch was down And also, um, I do have a little bit of a disclaimer for this week's episode moving forward. So the intro segment and like recap, I recorded that maybe 
five days ago, right? Um, A lot has happened and I will catch y'all up on next week's episode, which is for sure the final episode of season one of my podcast. Um, But yeah, I'll catch y'all up on everything. Um, So there are going to be some like, I'm just going to jump here into some of the things that I've been ingesting that I had already planned when I recorded the intro to this episode, um, including a little a little updates. Um, right now, it is Friday, December 3rd. I believe the last time I was recording was last Sunday, possibly. But, but either way, <laughs> here we go. Here's the things I've been motherfucking ingesting, y'all. <laughs> Um, so just to start like food and drink, y'all, um, we understand that there was a fall holiday, the national day of mourning. We understand that that day had passed. So there was a lot of food and things going on. I did visit family's house and there was food there, but I also, I don't know. I got very inspired and motivated to cook food for my house and cook food just on my own. Um, that being said, I think I told y'all this earlier in the episode, but honey, my child wasn't even here for Thanksgiving. So nigga, I literally made so much food for myself and my brother. So my Thanksgiving menu. And if you follow me on Instagram, this the photo of my food um, has already been in my stories. So you may or may not have heard this already. I'm probably going to post it to my main Instagram feed at some point. So go follow your girl at OG Adriana. But anyways, um, so yeah, I made some oven fried cauliflower and I did it different from my normal recipe. So my normal recipe is like a fried chicken type batter, but I wanted to really have that like Thanksgiving turkey situation like flavors going on so I did an oven fried cauliflower using um I did do like a wet batter chickpea flour cornstarch seasonings all that but and I also like coated in panko so it can be crunchy from being outside of the oven but anyways um some seasonings that I use differently. I use poultry seasoning which I never use. Um I'm not a huge fan of poultry seasoning and those flavors like I don't know, like, I feel like the sage, thyme, rosemary, like, oregano combination, like, my nigga, that should be saved for Thanksgiving time only, and I actually have never, ever craved this flavor, like, even when I was eating meat and stuff, like, turkey was not my favorite, like, but that being said, um, I used all of those seasonings on my cauliflower and it came out just so good and it matched perfectly with everything else I made. Um, I made some mixed greens using collards, turnips, mustards, and um, kale greens. If you know, you know. Um, if you're from the South, especially if you're a Black person and you be making the greens, honey, um, you know that different greens have different flavor profiles. So it's always good to mix them when you're cooking them. Now, I didn't told y'all about my kale, <laughs> the my breakfast kale that I eat all the time. And that's more of like a sauteed, like crispy uh, situation that's real quick. But whenever I'm making greens, like my ancestors' greens, minus the meat, you feel me? Whenever I'm making those greens, it's always a mixture of greens. You 
kale is something that I just recently started adding because kale is something that um, I've more recently added to my diet, like as a heavy, heavy part of my diet this year, probably 2021. Um, so I usually just do the mix of collard, mustard, and what's it called? Mustard. And, oh, and turnip greens. So turnip greens are really sweet. So they're good at balancing out the bitterness of mustard and collard greens. And mustard greens, they have this like tangy, like Dijon mustard almost. They they have like a mustard taste. Like you can definitely have, they give you like that spicy gingery, like nose spice. Thing. So turnip greens, always a good idea to add. And collard greens are just like basic. They're very like rustic. I like how they hold up as opposed to other greens. Like they're very sturdy, similar to kale. Um, but yeah, if y'all don't want to hear me ramble about food on here, um, I ramble about food on the other platform <laughs> on Instagram. Um, I have a lot of food content from back in the day on YouTube. Um, but yeah, 2022. We'll talk about it next episode. <laughs> but, um, oh, what else did I cook? So I made some homemade cranberry sauce. Um, I made non-vegan mac and cheese because, my nigga, I just wanted some non-vegan mac and cheese. We're going to leave it at that. Um, and I love my mac and cheese. I honestly feel like I have some of the best mac and cheese there is. I'm still kind of perfecting my recipe, but, yeah, non-vegan mac and cheese happened. Oh, I made dressing for the first time honey as a vegan um and I actually made them in muffin tins so all the edges can be really crispy and I ended up giving that getting them too crispy they could have came out of the oven a little bit sooner but it was very very good nonetheless I made sweet potato pies which I'm actually making more of tonight for my baby since he was not here and I ate all that goddamn pie honey my brother I think got a slice I gave some to my grandfather um I gave some to shit my grandmama you know like <laughs> but other than that I pretty much ate those two sweet potato pies by myself so uh, yeah I'm gonna make some more sweet potato pie um hmm. what oh I made corn pudding if you southern you know what corn pudding is that was a joy that was my first time ever making that vegan or not or otherwise so yeah it was a very cool experience I felt very just connected to my ancestral grandmothers and their mothers and it just felt really really good cooking for that day of thanks obviously fuck the colonizers obviously um fuck all the white systems put in place and we know about the genocide of natives and blacks and all all the people but on the fourth thursday Black people, honey, we gonna give thanks. We gonna honor our ancestors by getting in this motherfucking kitchen. We gonna say fuck the police and fuck all these motherfucking colonizers, but we are going to commune as a people. So that is what I did. <clears throat> um, Obviously, if you are a native person, I am open to having conversations. Um, I am also a native person to these lands. So I would love having these conversations with y'all if y'all want to, but we ain't gonna have that conversation right now. We already talked about that in the intro a little bit. Um, what else food in? Oh, y'all, Rock and Grill. So there is a local, I don't even know if it's local or if it's a chain. I think it's local, but there's this local Indian spot in Round Rock called Rock and Grill. Mm, and they... Mm, mm. y'all I got the 65 I think it was called 65 Gobi cauliflower or 65 Gobi I think Gobi is cauliflower 
But either way, I got this cauliflower and it was spicy and crispy and wow, it was so good. So best cauliflower, fried cauliflower I've ever had at any restaurant ever. Like it was delicious. Like the batter was so crunchy still. And granted, we got it to go. Like my brother came home with the food. Like, and I think this place was maybe like a 10 minute drive, 15 minute drive. Like so good. Their samosas, dog, so amazing. Their chutney. I don't know if it was a cilantro chutney, but honey, I'm just, I'm snapping right now thinking about this food because I'm definitely going to go get this cauliflower at some point in the next couple of days because it was just so good. And honestly, I got, I think I got like a level three spicy, but I think next time I'm going to get like a, a more, or I think I got a level two spicy. So I think next time I'm going to get a level three spicy because it could have been a little bit spicier. Um, I did have to add some salt to it. Um... I don't know if they were just trying to fit everybody's palate, but I, I'm a salty girl, honey. I love my food salty. I like salty seasoned food. Um, but other than that, the bomb, Rock and Grill, Round Rock. If you are looking for some motherfucking Indian food, Indian cuisine, dog bomb. So good. Um, What else? But yeah, I guess... Aside from like Thanksgiving, eating the Thanksgiving leftovers, besides the cauliflower, like I really haven't had anything off the wall. I've gotten Chipotle a couple times in these last few weeks. Um, and I hadn't really been on Chipotle that much. I will say something about my diet that has been kind of alarming. Sorry, that was my can of yerba mate. Um, another drink that I am currently drinking. Um, something that has been alarming is that my body has not been craving fruit. Therefore, I have not been making an effort to eat fruit. And I know it is because the temperature is dropping, but I'm kind of getting to the point where like, I feel like I have to force myself to eat fruit. Um, like this morning, right? I knew that my body was like, I knew that I needed something and I finally was just like, I need some fruit. So I literally went in Target, got some fruit, washed it off and ate it. It was some grapes and they're very delicious, crunchy grapes. Um, I believe grapes are in season right now, fall, winter time. Ugh, they're just so good and crunchy. But aside from that, y'all, I've been eating maybe like one orange a day, like a cutie a day. And that has been all my body has craved when it comes to fruit. So um, I'm going to definitely try to incorporate more juices moving forward and try to get some smoothies in. But y'all, it's just cold. I don't, my body don't be wanting that. So I'm going to figure out a way to um, get some more fruit intake. But damn, I have talked about food for 12 minutes. Let me move on. <laughs> so as far as media, right? Um, what I finished BMF season one, very, very good. Um, I started season two of Hentified. If you don't know, Hentified is, I think it's a Netflix original. Um, and this one girl, I forget, why can't I think of her name? But either way, she's like a bud, a buds feed producer and content creator, um, an Afro Latina woman, and she's in the show. So that's kind of what initially attracted to me, attracted me to that show last season. Um, I have not finished the second season, but pretty good. Like, it's definitely solid. Storyline is moving along. I will say this. 
I think the writing in that show is kind of slow. Like, I don't know how to explain it, but it doesn't catch my attention as much as other shows. So it's definitely one of those, yeah, I'll watch one episode every couple of days until I finish the season, but pretty solid, I'll say. Um, oh, I started watching Tiger King. Y'all, Carol Baskin is interesting. I do y'all think she killed her husband? Part of me thinks that she, most of me thinks that she absolutely murdered this man and fed him to the, put some sardine oil on him and fed him to the goddamn um, tigers. But part of me kind of thinks that maybe she didn't kill him, but it's like a very tiny piece of me. And I only kind of feel this way after watching, um, I think the first three episodes of this Tiger King season. So I will continue to watch that. Um, Joe Exotic, Joe Exotic is batshit crazy. All these white, these, all the white people, these Tiger King people are the weirdest fucking white people I have ever observed. And I have observed tons of white people. I've been watching true crime all my life. I've been <clears throat> incredibly invested in pop culture all my life, you know? So saying that these niggas, these Tiger King ass niggas are the weirdest people, like that's saying a lot. These are the weirdest motherfucking white people I have ever seen every single person every single person every single piece of this motherfucking tiger king story weird weird white people shit like incredibly weird white people shit that i have never personally experienced i've never witnessed it in real life i hope to never cross paths with any of these weird ass white people these are the weird ass white niggas that you need to watch out for i'm sorry everybody involved extremely strange but um moving on oh guys on my blog I know that season I think this is season four I know that season four of on my block had okay nobody's knocking I guess I'm just hearing shit but yeah where does white people award goes to tiger king ass niggas like I swear they're so strange um oh but yeah I had stopped talking about tiger king to talk about Oh, on my vlog. Okay, so yeah, I have started and finished watching On My Vlog season four. I know that it had been out for a minute, but I finally got some time to just be here by myself and binge watch the series. And I literally finished the last season of On My Block. And I like that show. I know that there's a lot of critiques about that show for which there are about any public media piece of art you feel me but I really like on my block shout out to Lil Ricky I've been trying to find actually like a little Ricky gnome for our home I think that would be really cute and shout out to Jamal I love that nigga through and through like he was pissing me off at the beginning of the season but I don't know I just really liked them all I really like everybody on that show except Caesar Caesar is just a little bitch to me like <sighs> I don't even know. Like, he's not even... Like, I understand that his character is supposed to be, like, this complex character, right? And it's supposed to show many sides of this. But I just fucking hate Caesar. Like, I just want to beat his little ass up. Like, I really fucking want to beat him up. Anyways, on my vlog, super dope. It will be... I understand that this is supposed to be the last season. But it would be cool if there was, like, a spinoff. Like, a Jamal spinoff. Like, dog, I... I will fucking love it. Um, rest in peace, Abuelita. Sorry. Spoiler alert. Um, and rest in peace to 
Oh, daddy. Rest in peace, so spooky. Oh, but okay, enough. Um, but just moving right along, right? So the last piece of media that I wanted to talk about is actually something that I watched last night, y'all. So y'all know that I have been keeping track of verses, right? And speaking of verses, um, last a couple weeks ago, I think there was a Shaka Khan and um did I talk about this? Did I talk about that on the last episode? I don't think so. But Shaka Khan and Stephanie Mills, is that her name? I, I think that's who the verses was. But honey, Auntie Shaka came in there drunk as hell. She was have, living her best life. It was extremely hard to watch, I will say, at some point. And also the stream just got really, really fucked. So I just stopped watching. Um, but yeah, pretty solid verses. But the verses battle that came on last night... Thursday, December 2nd, 2021. It's hands, it's my favorite verses. I'm sorry. That was a very motherfucking entertaining ass verses. It was 3-6 Mafia versus um Bone Thugs and Harmony. Very interesting. Very, very motherfucking interesting. Like, how the hell did Jeezy and Gucci not lay hands on each other but the first official versus fight? Is these niggas busy bone like gonna throw a motherfucker? Oh, is that his name? I don't know the bone thugs and harmonies like personal names, but little light skinned emotional dude with the YouTube channel with his family and stuff. Um, yeah, he he threw the water bottle at Juicy J after Juicy J told him to suck his dick. I am going to watch this clip back for the third a third time so I can actually understand like what transpired to make that happen. I don't know if it was Juicy J like saying suck my dick and it was just like some old nigga shit like I'm gonna throw hands automatically or what I yeah, I'm kind of confused about that part. But nonetheless, that happened they did end up making up and getting good after that whole situation. But dog, there were just so many things happening. Lil Flip old ass is too motherfucking old to be walking across stage with motherfucking lean in 2021. My nigga, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, so that was interesting. Um, There was a freestyle battle at the end between Lil Flip, who proclaimed to be the freestyle king against Project Pat. Very entertaining to see. I was very heartbroken that Juicy J and Project Pat did not play my nigga Zay on the Rip Young remix, but it's all good. I, I didn't really expect that to happen. It was like a wish of mine for it to happen, though, obviously, for obvious reasons, but we'll get to that. Um, But yeah, Juicy J, best dressed of the night. He looked fly as fuck. I found out that the reason why he resonates with my ego so much is because this nigga is literally an airy son born april 5th i was born april 10th if you don't know now you know um so <laughs> that says a lot i will say my ego definitely resonates with three six mafia with juicy j like it is so like kind of annoying because i am a very like emotional and watery simpy ass person right um however like my ego especially when it's inflated is extremely just big dick energy <laughs> boisterous flamboyant big dick energy honestly so um yeah it was just very interesting to find out that juicy j is a fellow aries son um terrence howard stole the show my nigga like he was hilarious that was the comedic break that we needed even though every step of the way of this versus was 
completely entertaining. Um, but Terrence Howard, my nigga, that was hilarious. This nigga really got on stage and performed this hustle and flow song. Like he was a real rapper. I don't know if he was in acting mode. Like I thought he was going to laugh it off at the end. Like, oh, ha ha ha, my nigga, this is so funny. La la la, I got to do this shit. But no, he was serious. He walked off stage like he just dropped the mic. He walked off stage like he just did his best hip hop. He walked off stage like he was Kendrick. I was so confused, honey. I was very, very confused about that. But <sighs> this is the perfect segue into the last portion of this things I am currently ingesting segment, which is music. I always leave music to the end and or for the end because I love music and I love to talk about it. But I let me just say. I was not planning on talking about the Spotify wrapped and I am not going to go in depth into Spotify wrapped in this episode because I was planning on having this episode out already. Um, first of all, and two, I want to do my last episode, episode 25, um, for this season. It's the last episode of the season until 2022. Um, I, I want to be like a wrapped episode. So I want to talk about like my end of year thing. So if y'all want to write me some ideas of like, or like ask me, what was your favorite blank of the year? Like, what do you think about this in terms of 2021? Feel free to do so. I would love some ideas and ting. Um, oh, but anyways, yeah, I'm not going to go in depth about Spotify rap, but I will say Janae Aiko was not my number one artist. She was my number two artist of this year. And she came second to none other than Isaiah Rashad. But that's all I'm gonna say about that. <laughs> because I, I do want to mention that my nigga Zay released the deluxe version of The House is Burning. He titled it Homies Begged because I'm sure, I'm positive that Homies Begged for this deluxe version of this album and for these songs to be released i am homies um been listening to it a lot i really love oh i wrote the name of the song because now i can't even think about what the name is because i can't but anyways we ain't even gonna say that i just love it isaiah rashad was my number one artist of this year i fuck with that nigga so much um shout out to Zay. <laughs> so Adele, Adele finally released 30. And I will say the second half of that album is so fire. Like I really, really enjoy um Adele's album. Um oh, all night. Okay. I gotta see. Hey Siri, open Spotify. <clears throat> My little love. That's a cute song. Adele, you did your shit, girl. This is a cute, cute album. Oh, but I will say I don't like Easy On Me. Like, I understand why it's the first single, but I just don't like that. See, okay, so Adele's 25 album just popped up, and Sis just always gives space. But, okay, let me see what this song is called that I love so much that I can't read. Oh, All Night Parking. The piano on that motherfucking song is so dope. I'm gonna see if I can play a little. Ooh. 
that piano just gives me chills honestly it's so good um so yeah i really love that song but like i said the second half of this album is so good to be loved woman like me um like i said i do love my little love even though that's like at the beginning of the album but ugh, so freaking good um what else oh iman omar and cavalier released a song called are you wow i really cannot and I haven't like been constantly listening to music. So I, it's like actually very hard for me to remember what these songs are called. Oh, it's called, Are You Hearing Me? Very good. Oh, my girl though, Alex Isley with Jack Dine, um, as well as Robert Glasspar released Still Wonder. And y'all know that Alex L or Alex L, Alex Isley, that is my girl. Alex L, my girl too, but she ain't a singer, right? <laughs> but Alex Isley, that's my girl. Um, I honestly thought that she was going to be my number one artist this year, but she wasn't. I don't even think she was in my top five, but Alex Isley, that's my girl. Y'all know. Um, but still wonder the song is beautiful. Sierra Sean. If you don't know who Sierra Sean is, just go look up Sierra Sean. The full EP is so near and dear to my heart. Um, but she released a song called What's Better. Um, dog, her falsetto is just honestly one of my favorites. So yeah, if you haven't heard of Sierra Sean, please go check her out. Um and I think a good place to start is the full EP. Um, but also, I feel like she's in album mode because she also released um, Give Me Good Luck, Baby, Good Luck. Something, something, something. Got a lot of song for you. Mm -mm. See, I can't even think of what that song. Like always. You always. Ain't a thing. See, I can't even think of like what this song is. Oh, it's called Good Luck though by Sierra Shana. She released it like a few months ago and that song is good. And then she released this. So I'm assuming that she's gonna come out with like some EP project. But if you like like Neo Soul R&B, yeah, go check her out. <laughs> Queerness, all the things. Go check Sierra Sean out. Um, Oh, the Grammy nominations happened, but I'm positive I'm going to save all of that for my end of year recap on the next episode. Um, So yeah, that's really all I wanted to say. Also, this is a question that will be answered also in the next episode when we talked about Spotify wrapped. But what the fuck is dance pop? Like, I'm actually confused because why is dance pop my number one? Like, what's considered dance pop? None of my top five artists are considered, are what I consider pop artists at all. All of them, and we'll, we'll talk about it. We will talk about it, but um, this is going to be the lingering question of for next week to be answered um, on the next episode because, child, I'm desperately confused <laughs> about what the hell um, dance pop is, but... That being said, that brings us to the end of the things that I have been ingesting over these past couple of weeks. Y'all know this podcast schedule is all over the motherfucking place, but I promise we're going to get it together in 2022. But that being said, let's move on to the topic of the week, y'all, because we got something to talk about that it is definitely necessary to talk about. All right, so this week's topic of the week is trauma bonds. So, 
y'all. We have definitely talked about trauma bonding and attachment theory and so many other things of that nature on this podcast. Um, But I really wanted our last formal topic of the week um, for season one to be um, about trauma bonding because we love to do it. So this topic of the week actually was inspired by none other than Summer Mother Freaking Walker, the contradictory queen, um, the over, exponentially over it <laughs> mommy, um, and all of those other things. So I did say that I would come back to this when I was talking about the things that I'm currently ingesting. So yeah, let's talk about it a little bit. So I was able to listen to Summer Walker's album, Still Over It. In my opinion, it was just lackluster. I feel like Summer Walker's first two projects, that um, Last Day of Summer, as well as, um, was it the Clear EP? I feel like that was her best music. I don't feel like Summer Walker, even, even over it, I don't feel like beat that music, honestly. So listening to this album, it just sounds very like pop, R&B. It's not giving, I don't know. (laughs) It was just very sonically lackluster. However, the subject matter was very interesting. Like I understand that artists tell these stories and they tell stories of their past and about being hurt. Um, However, the way in which Summer Walker did it, and I don't know if it's just because I just personally am not in the headspace that she is. I don't feel like bitterness and I don't have this weird lingering trauma and like vengeful, spiteful, like spirit. And, you know, I don't be out here just giving niggas chances just for the hell of giving them chances. You know, like my intuition is like very strong, especially when it comes to relationships. And that's not to be boastful or anything. Um, I'm just not in that particular headspace that Summer Walker is in. So kind of being on the outside, looking in, you know, when she says things like insane, which sonically is one of my favorite songs aside from circus, like that is definitely like, those are my two favorite songs. Honestly, I feel like those are the, the songs that just sound the best, but even like the song insane, like that lyrical, that lyrical, that lyrical content of her outlining, you know, just this ride or die energy, this, this energy of just having to endure so much just to have love and to have these unhealthy attachments. Like I just really can't relate. So I say all of that to say, um, listening to her album really made me think about the ways in which collectively we have like we enjoy bonding through our trauma and I don't know if it's like this conscious enjoyment um I don't think it consciously brings us joy for us to bond through shared experiences that happen to be traumatic um I just feel like I don't know. We're all voyagers and we like to hear other people's experiences, um, um, especially when they're negative. So yeah, I really just thought that, like I said, the last formal topic of the week 
segment of this um, crazy podcast season one. Um, I just thought I would dive into the science of trauma bonding. So this episode, um, rather this segment, I am going to aim to explore um, what actually is classified as trauma bonding, um, also how trauma bonds form, and also why we're so attached to identify with others via like trauma similarities, um, also how to recognize and mindfully reassess how tra- how traumatic bonds play a part in our lives, and last, um, just the overall connotation of trauma bonding, quote unquote, um, in popular culture because this is definitely a term, a phrase that has come up pretty, you know, pretty recently. And it has been, well, I won't say the term itself has like been created recently. However, like things do with internet trends, um, it is one of those trendy phrases, you know, that is kind of oversaturated, oversaturated and overused. So I really want to explore, you know, why, how we got to this point of saying, oh, these are trauma bonds. Oh, we just trauma bonding, like all these things. But anyways, um, just like all of the OG topic of the week segments, I am going to give y'all a few definitions. So first of all, I want to define trauma. Trauma is defined as a deeply distressing or disturbing experience. Um, I also want to uh, want to define the word attachment. And we have talked about attachment in many different facets on this podcast. But for today's sake, we are going to define attachment as affection, fondness or sympathy for someone or something and trauma bonds are defined well the word trauma bonds <laughs> are defined dog i cannot what is grammar like my nigga what what is even the language that i'm speaking because it ain't even african-american vernacular english honey i don't know what's coming out of my mouth let me take a swig of water and then we'll define trauma bonds All right. All right. So trauma bonds are defined as emotional bonds with an individual or group that arise from a reoccurring cyclical pattern of abuse perpetrated by intermittent reinforcements through rewards and punishment. So Keep that definition in mind as we go through the science of trauma bonds. It is a cyclical pattern of events that um, typically has an abuser and a victim and some sort of reward system um, integrated in that victim and abuser relationship. All right, so to dive right in. So according to Psychology Today, a Psychology Today um, article written in 2021 by a couple of licensed social workers, um, there are a few key points when we're examining trauma bonding. So number one, trauma bonding lives in the nervous system. The brain makes the association between love and abuse and neglect. Um, Number two, trauma bonding is a hormonal attachment created by repeated abuse sprinkled 
with being saved every now and then. And finally, trauma bonding in adulthood can stem from childhood trauma. As we have talked about so, so many times, those traumas that we endure as tiny children, um, they carry on. And if we are not mindful of those traumas, and if we have not mindfully done the work and intuitively unpacked those traumas, um, we gonna just keep projecting the motherfucking traumas. So this is very similar to that trauma bonding relationship. Um, even if you are the victim in that trauma bonding situation, you are still projecting your childhood experiences onto your living adult life by remaining or p- getting into those situations. And that's not to like victim blame and that is not to place the responsibility on victims at all. However, we followed the patterns of our unhealed trauma, period. So uh, y'all just just heal radically. It's our birthright. We supposed to do it. Heal because I truly, truly believe that Doing our own personal healing and healing our families and healing our communities and gatekeeping the things that needs to be gatekept, motherfucker, as a part of our radical healing is activism, period. But okay, that's a little bit of a tangent. Let, let's get back, y'all, to trauma bonds. So, um, so when we are thinking about like trauma bonding, right, um, the brain latches on to positive, to that positive experience of relief rather than the negative impact of the abuser. And this happens because the body's fight or flight response turns off the part of the brain that can think long term when we are in crisis. This type of conditioning is routinely exploited by narcissists. So, um, I have not talked to, I've talked bits and pieces about, um, my, I guess, fascination of the brain of narcissists and like sociopaths and psychopaths. Um, however, we have not talked about narcissism. Um, so if you don't know what narcissistic personality disorder is, it is a personality disorder where a person's sense of self is very inflated and is very... And a person's satisfaction of their own ego happens at all times with all disregard to other people. Basically, in a nutshell, maybe narcissism is something that we will talk about in season two. Um, And actually, I'm positive. I am going to write this down, actually. So I don't forget because 2022, honey, we come up with the organized content. Goddamn, we don't have time to be unorganized. <laughs> so, um, yeah, let me just go write this down. All right. But anyways, <clears throat> so like I said, this, the idea of trauma bonding or the concept of trauma bonding um, is literally something that's taking place in your nervous system. Um, like I said, just to repeat, where the brain latches on to the positive experience of being relieved from abuse than the negative experience of being abused altogether. So let's think about I guess being in a relationship, like a cold case abusive relationship, let's think um, like mental and verbal abuse, right? You're with a partner and 
your partner just treats you shitty. You know, they're not attentive to your needs. They maybe talk badly about you to your face and to others around. You know, they may, you know, make you feel low about yourself so that you don't feel like you're worthy of love from anyone else. You know, they may make you feel really shitty. However, in the same breath, after those periods of time, um, they may also buy you things, you know, apologize, do like really nice things to you to compensate for the times that they were doing bad things. And maybe not even to compensate for maybe this is just a part of their behavior patterns in your relationship. Maybe this person, you know, projects negatively upon you, um, but also does feel loving affection towards you. So um, in the instance of trauma bonding, your brain, instead of being alerted that you are being abused, to cope with the actual abuse, um, it doesn't think long-term. It doesn't understand abuse as like this long-term thing. It understands that feeling of what it feels like to be relieved from that abuse. And that's kind of like what lingers. And that is what keeps the trauma bond going. I mean, I'm going to take another swig of water, honey, because I am thirsty. <clears throat> Just sipping on Ozarka as per usual, always spring water. Um, but yeah, let's just keep it moving. So um, a 2019 study from Psychology Today um, done by another licensed clinical social worker by the name of Sherry Gava um, researched into trauma bonds and found that well, and in her like studies and findings, um, she compared trauma bonding to Stockholm syndrome. And if you don't know what Stockholm syndrome is, Stockholm syndrome is the theory in which people that are held captive actually come to have feelings of trust or affection for the people who captured them against their will. Some people argue, you know, that pets have Stockholm syndrome and, you know, they don't actually love and care for their owners. They're actually just so traumatized that they that in order to cope with being captured and held captive by their crazy human owners, you know, they learn to like trust that they'll be there, trust that they'll feed them and go about their day like in a normal day. Does that make sense? I feel like I just rambled and I feel like I didn't get to the point of what I meant to say. But anyways, Stockholm Syndrome. Stockholm Syndrome. You get captured, but you start having... um love and trust and care and empathy toward the person that captured you. Makes sense? Okay. Um, but yeah, so Sherry Gabba compared trauma bonding, like I said, to Stockholm Syndrome. Um, so according to the Encyclopedia of Social Sciences or Sciences, just to move on from that, I just thought that was like a cool, like, point because it does make sense that trauma bonding like we're held captive in these in this cycle of being abused and then being relieved of the of the abuse and being abused and being relieved of the abuse and we grow to and we grow to understand that as true love and affection in the same way that a person who is captured may grow to love and trust 
and like I said, have empathy toward their captor. So I felt that was very interesting. Not going too deep into that study. If y'all want to read the article, honey, you can read the motherfucking article, like I said. Um, but yes, just moving right along. Um, so according to the Encyclopedia of Social Sciences, Sciences, there are a few necessary conditions for traumatic bonding. Six of these, actually. So the first is one person must dominate the other. Number two, the level of abuse is chronically spikes and subsides. Like I said, this is a cyclical pattern. It's not complete abuse. You know, like people who are in completely abusive situations, completely without any relief from that abuse that we are not talking about those cases. We are talking about um, trauma bonding, like I said, and like I said, according to the Encyclopedia of Social Sciences, this is what they found are the necessary conditions. So yes, number two, the level of abuse chronically spikes and subsides. Number three, um, relationship is characterized by periods of permissive, compassionate, and even affectionate behavior from the dominant person punctuated with intermittent episodes of intense abuse. Number four, to maintain the upper hand, the victimizer manipulates the behavior of the victim and limits the victim's options as to perpetrate power and balance. Number five, any threat to the balance of dominance and submission may be met with an escalating cycle of punishment. Example, um, like seething intimidation to violent outbursts. And finally, number six, and actually there's six, I think I said seven at first, but number six, um, the victimizer isolates the victim from other sources of support, which likely strengthens the sense of unilateral dependency. And unilateral dependency basically means um, dependency going one way. So the while the abuser doesn't necessarily depend on the per- the victim the victim does depend on the abuser for psychological stimulation for love and affection in the way their brain has um have formed the idea of love and affection does that make sense though that's not the words i'm looking for but honey it is late and you know what i mean So yes, this, all of those things that I mentioned, like I said, that are <clears throat> the necessary con- conditions to actually classify what a traumatic bond is, um, all of those things, those are all the reasons why narcissists tend to use traumatic bonds to their advantage. A lot of these patterns and behaviors are things that we see um, of people who are narcissists and get into relationships with people who are submissive. Um, They'll isolate them. They will make sure that you only depend on them for everything, but they'll also start this cycle of abuse in the meantime. And like I said, it is a chronic um, spiking and subsiding of abuse, right? Um, So moving right along. So I just want to talk about like how to recognize the signs of traumatic bonding. And y'all, I know that this is kind of 
what is the word that I'm looking for? This is kind of out there, right? This is kind of an abstract idea that I drew from just thinking about Summer Walker's album and why we are so attached to it. Um, And I say we like as the public, because obviously everyone's talking about it. It is a huge hot topic. So many quotable lines. Um, But yeah, I just think it is very interesting that these lyrics are so fucking violent and these lyrics are so self-sabotaging, especially to women seeking relationships and seeking to move through single dumb and, you know, like to move through life in a healthy way. Like this shit is very violent. So why do we put ourselves in these violent situations and say these mantras over our lives? But that's a deeper conversation. But anyways, Getting back to the science behind traumatic bonds, right? So according to psychologist, PhD, Dr. Patrick J. Carnes, um, there are several ways to recognize the signs of traumatic bonding. And I'm going to swig my water again before we talk about it. All right. So the first way to recognize... um, or the first sign that you could recognize um, when it comes to trauma bonding is that you obsess about people who are long gone. Um, also, you continue to seek contact with people, things, and behaviors you know will cause you harm. Ooh, that one. That's the one, y'all. <laughs> y'all know we didn't talked about my goddamn ex on this podcast for so long. And honey, a hot mess, right? <laughs> Okay, but moving right along, another sign or another way to recognize the signs of trauma bonding is you go overboard. And I put that on quotations because obviously there's a spectrum for whatever overboard means, right? But yeah, you go overboard to help those who have hurt you. Also, um, another way to recognize the signs of trauma bonding is um, that you attempt to get people who are clearly using you to like you. And I see this so much with people who are um, especially caring and especially giving and who are super humanitarian, you know. Um, I see a lot of people like this getting taken advantage of um, in that specific way, like, people use them, but they still, and they understand that they're using them, but you know, they still try and gain their approval and stuff like that. It's so interesting and fucking frustrating, you know, um, and sad that people just like to use people. But anyways, moving on, right. Um, what else? Oh, so another way to recognize the signs of traumatic bonding, you trust proven unreliable people like, you know, these niggas ain't shit, but you still over here trusting them. Summer Walker. <laughs> that is another sign that you are probably bonded in a traumatic bond. Goddamn. Get it together. <laughs> All right. So also you may want to be understood by people who clearly do not care. They clearly don't give a fuck and they clearly cannot conceptualize whatever you're trying to get them to understand. However, you're continuously pushing and pushing and pushing and trying to get them to understand, girl, that that has Adriana's name written all over it. I don't know about you. <laughs> all right. So 
You choose to stay in conflict with others when it would cost nothing, absolutely nothing to walk away. Also, you persist to try to convince people of a problem and they will not listen. You are loyal to people who have betrayed you. You are un- you are attracted to untrustworthy people in general. Um, you keep damaging secrets of exploitation or abuse, like to yourself, like you will not talk about trauma or abuse or neglect or exploitation um, because you're ashamed or you're afraid or for whatever reason, you keep these secrets inside. Um, And the last way to recognize the signs of traumatic bonding, according to Dr. Patrick Carnes, is you continue contact with an abuser who acknowledges no responsibility for the abuse drops mic so yeah kind of we are going to talk about healing a little bit or right at the end of this segment y'all um but i do just kind of want to move into the media and traumatic bonding so when we think about media, right? Media is this subnormal reality with a specific goal, which is to control your thinking and behavior by evoking emotions, especially fear and insecurity. Um, media, a lot of the time, softens defenses and makes one highly influenceable. Um, and then there's this cycle of like scandals followed by these segments of, um, showing happy people, aka, or, and this is seen a lot, you know, like in commercials, like medical commercials specifically where there's hella side effect effects, like pages long of side effects. However, there's happy people dancing in the field. You feel me? Um, so yeah, the media's goal is to pull you in by invoking your emotions. A lot of times the media caters to those negative emotions. However, you become attached to this media because you've become used to the relief of of whatever suspenseful event happens after your heartstrings get tugged on. Does that make sense? I really hope that makes sense. Um, But moving on, um, a little bit more into media and trauma bonding, advertising. So advertising literally douses our pleasure centers and leaves us feeling shitty afterwards. So it gives us the our this desire to possess what we don't have, right? And it makes me, or, and be who we are not <clears throat> dog that was a weird sentence i can't even talk <clears throat> so advertising causes us to desire the things that we don't have and it causes us to desire the to desire being who we are not um it creates this inner dissonance that can trigger shame and it can reinforce reinforce childhood trauma, especially like if you were bullied for any reason, if you endured any psychological abuse that was stemming around um, self-esteem and being quote unquote good enough, a lot of times advertising is subconsciously um, triggering those same traumas, right? So we have to be very, very careful, y'all, of every motherfucking thing that we ingest 
everything that we ingest. Mindful ingestion. That is why that is one of the main themes of this podcast because it is so important to look out, pay attention to what we're looking at. Pay attention to what the fuck we're listening to, dude. Like these songs, this music, a lot of times are mantras over our lives. Like, for real. And I'm not saying that you can't listen to no ignorant shit. Because I listen to some motherfucking ignorant-ass shit a lot, my nigga. But you have to be very, very mindful of the place that these words have in your life. And you cannot allow them to speak over your life as mantras. Because they will. If you just playing and playing and playing and being passively... If you're passively listening to this music right? With no intention, right? So say I'm about to go, I say I'm this like super woke person, whatever, you know, I know a lot of things. I practice mindful ingestion and, you know, I just, I want to live this perfectly harmonious and balanced life, right? Um, But I want to put on Gucci. I'm not putting on Gucci Mane and passively letting it play in the background. Like, Gucci, that nigga is not my study music. If I'm playing Gucci, it's for a specific intention. It's because I want to feel motivated. It's because I want to feel like that bitch, you know? Like, I want to feel some big dick energy, you know? Like, I, I want that, you know, like, masculine hyped energy, you know? But that's not my study music. That's just not, that's not the music I'm listening to when I first wake up in the morning. You feel me? So dog, just be in fucking intentional because these advertisers know what the fuck they're doing. These media outlets know what the heck they are doing, dude. So just moving on, um, within the realm of media and trauma bonding. So social media, social media gives us simultaneous feelings of connectedness and loneliness and isolation all at the same time. Um, and just to end talking about just the media and trauma bonding, think of politics. Politics is literally narcissistic abuse being played on a global scale. And I will just drop the motherfucking mic on that one because that can be a whole episode in itself. And I am going to add that to my notes. Damn, maybe I just really want to talk about some damn narcissists on our podcast. So soon come, soon come. Oh, take another swig of water. I am dry. So I have a gallon of water and I'm holding it with my arm that I have this crazy pulled muscle. I have no clue how like I have a pulled forearm like dog. I'm so confused actually. But anyway, though, (laughs) moving right along, let's talk about healing right? Healing from these trauma bonds. We've talked about all these things. We've talked about how to recognize the signs of trauma bonding. We talked about how how the media kind of is this huge trauma bonding outlet. We've talked about the science in the brain behind trauma bonding and how it is literally a neurological thing happening with the chemicals of our brains. Um, We've talked a little bit about attachment theory, but my nigga, let's talk about some healing things. And I'm going to keep this short, simple, and quick. So three ways to heal from trauma bonding. Number one, and this is probably the, the, 
number one thing that came up in every bit of research that I've done, and it is the fucking hardest because it's kind of like a Band-Aid rip, but separation. You must separate. If you feel that you are traumatically bonded to a person, place, a thing, music, a TV show, if you feel like you have trauma bonds to this thing, the best thing to do is separate is separate. We are human. We are born to make connections. And the more that we ingest something and the more that we are exposed to something, the more of of a connection we are going to build with that something. That is human nature. That is completely inherent for us. So separation, number one. Um, The second thing we can do to heal from traumatic bonding is acknowledging one's own choice. Acknowledging that you have the choice to be, to separate in the first place. You have the choice to put yourself in better situations. You literally have the choice to shape your life. Um, And And finally, developing a motherfucking support team. This is so important. And this is something that I really wish to explore on next season of the podcast because it is something that I struggle with building a tribe and feeling comfortable with relying on my tribe and feeling comfortable branching outside of myself and asking for help. So yes, these things, y'all, will seriously, seriously help heal from traumatic bonds. So just to wrap up this topic of the week segment in conclusion, just be mindful of what bonds you to a person, place, or thing. Is it connection, like true loving connection, or is it trauma? Just think about that. Think about that in your next relationship, in your next situation, in your next friendship, and the next person that you decide to give the motherfucking pussy or dick to because my nigga, at this point, no trauma bonds in any forms, but let's move on, y'all. All right, so welcome back to another episode of OG Says, where I, OG Adriana, say something about something. So this week, y'all, I'm going to just keep it short and simple. Um, As per usual, this OG Says segment is something that was on my heart due to a social media post, but it's so ironic, I will tell you. So I saw this on TikTok, actually, from a masculine, lesbian, Black creative, and it's so crazy because this is the thought that I've been saying to myself for so long. I've never articulated this thought out loud. I have written it down in my journals before to as a note to myself. However, I have never said this out loud at all. So it's so crazy that someone else in the world did because I've also never heard anyone else in the world articulate this concept in the way that I had been my for so long, right? But y'all, this week's OG says is a piece of advice that I I really just would encourage you to live by. I will say I am doing my best to practice this in my life. But y'all, stop breaking promises to yourself. Stop breaking promises. Stop breaking your own promises. Seriously. Because not only will that cause you to have lack of trust in yourself, that'll cause you just to be unmotivated. That'll cause you to just really (coughs) lack self-worth and 
confidence that you'll be able to follow through with the things that you aspire to do. You know, so for real, like I said, I'm really keeping this short and simple. This is about to be under three minutes, but y'all just keep the promises that you make to yourself. Seriously. Like I said, this is, I am not flawless at all. This is something that I have to consciously tell myself and constantly tell myself for real. Literally, if you have to write it down on your mirror, if you have to write it down all throughout your planners, if you have to put post-it notes throughout your throughout your home, to have little reminders. Remind yourselves of the goals that you set for yourself. Remind yourselves of the dreams that you hope to accomplish. Remind yourselves of the steps that it takes to achieve those goals and dreams. But do not, do not, do not give up on your dreams. And also just don't don't stop making stop making promises to yourself that you're going to break just do not make the promises do what you're going to say do what you say that you're going to do for yourself period <laughs> but yeah let's end this episode because my throat is so dry <coughs> and y'all just keep the promises to yourself and like i said let's close out this episode y'all <sighs> All right, y'all. So this is going to be the second to last time that y'all will experience me using this I Am Everything Affirmation Deck by Tarisha Clark for I Am Everything Co. Or not I Am Everything Co. See, now I didn't got confused, but it's the the affirmation goddamn deck (laughs) by Tarisha Clark. I have been using this deck to for our energetic climate segment on this podcast since the very beginning aside from a couple episodes here and there I have pulled a card to lead us in an affirmation for the week month whatever to come I feel like if you are hearing me until this segment of this podcast that you really need to hear my goddamn affirmations not even my affirmation you need to hear the affirmation that I intuitive picked for the collective but as I told y'all before I have pretty much gotten through all of these cards in my personal life as well as um on this podcast so I will be using other resources come season two of this podcast (laughs) but for the time being I am setting the mood I set the intention for us to receive clear and precise messages from our ancestors and spirit guides of benevolence um what do we need to know in the weeks going forward I am shuffling this deck with that intentions like I said I pray for clear and precise answers from benevolent ass ancestors only goddamn we don't got no time no time for them spirits that ain't supposed to be here giving us giving us words that we ain't supposed to hear honey <laughs> no nah, but let me go ahead and pick a card Ooh good one i am ambitious this is a really good card um as we're nearing toward the end of the year because we're kind of starting to gear get geared up for all of the things that we're planning to accomplish in the fiscal year ahead um y'all know how fuck the gregorian calendar and all the social construct of time um however i think there is purpose to this part of the 
this part of the year feeling like a, a closing time, just this portion of life, just feeling like things are ending and new beginnings are happening. But yeah, I am ambitious. I put my goals and ideas into action. I take a leap of faith and I believe in myself. When I put my heart's desires into action, it is for the good of all those involved. I am motherfucking ambitious. (laughs) And yeah, that brings us to the end of the episode, y'all. Please, please, please just lean into I am ambitious lean into that mantra um really lean in and hone on hone in on your skills and the things that you were put on earth to do your destiny all the things that bring you joy you know um and be ambitious towards those things um we really i think we are at a time where it's more important than ever to really shift what it means to be ambitious and really shift away from these whitewashed capitalistic ass ideas of and ideals of what success is because that's just not healthy and that's not serving and we weren't put on this earth to be some weird capitalistic corporate giant like that's fucking strange and that's not real life so be ambitious you can and you will do everything in your life's assignment and you will do it with grace and with ease and with poise and you will have favor and all that mother effing stuff. But like I said, this is the end of the episode, y'all. This is the last, like, I guess, I won't say structured because next episode, episode 25 is going to be structured-ish. Goddamn. However, um, yeah, this is the second to last episode, y'all, of season one of Organic with OG Adriana. I am so thankful to have been doing this podcast, but I will just cry on the end of year wrap up, which will be episode 25. So stay tuned for that. Um, follow me on all the things. You can follow me on Instagram at OG Adriana or at Organic with OG, which is this podcast Instagram where I post aesthetic things and podcast episodes podcast updates. Sorry. Oh, I'm adjusting my nose ring and this little bitch hurts. Um, yeah, organic with OG. Um, you can email this podcast at organic with OG at gmail motherfucking.com. Not gmail motherfuck. You know what I mean? Gmail.com. Um, for any questions, comments, or concerns, you can follow me on YouTube because guys, I know I have been saying that content soon come, but 2022 goddamn content for real soon come on all platforms. So follow me on all the things um, in my journey to save the motherfucking world one step at a time. Again, this has been your girl, Adriana, aka OG Adriana. I don't ever say my name in the outro, so this is getting kind of weird and redundant, so I should probably end it now, right? (laughs) Yeah, follow me on all the things. Stay tuned for the last episode of season one of this goddamn podcast and your girl's out. Bye, guys.